Whatever became of the moment when one first knew about death? There must have been one. A moment when it first occurred to you that you don't go on forever. Must have been shattering. Stamped into one's memory. And yet, I can't remember it. It never occurred to me at all. We must be born with an intuition of mortality. Before we know the word for it. Before we know that there are words. Out we come, blooded and squalling, with the knowledge that for all the points of the compass, there's only one direction. And time is its only measure. Welcome to Against All Oddities, the podcast about three brothers coming to terms with the oddly true and the truthfully odd. In case you didn't read our show's uh, meta tags, we are a philosophy and comedy talk podcast. And although it may seem impossible to forget that we are, in fact, hilarious, it does occasionally get missed that we are interested in the many weird, wonderful, and odd modes of thought out there. So in true AAO form, we give you a delightful episode on the concept of intuition. Obviously, our conversation covers a lot of things uh, from toe movement, sad cats, bad instincts, and a little dose of aliens for good measures. This is Against All Oddities. let's start the episode right like yeah yeah uh uh you started you haven't actually started one yet oh yeah Go sure uh welcome to against all oddities i'm nate i'm tim number three and i'm chris nate's the oldest i'm the middle uh in this this episode we are going to be talking about intuition you probably already knew that you had maybe a sinking suspicion that this episode was coming, uh, and you were right. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations, loyal listener. You knew it was coming. You wanted it. You got it. Also, uh, I feel like anytime somebody follows their intuition and they're right, they have this like check marks they put in their head about, well, there's this one time. Well, you just got it for knowing this was an intuition or for following us on any of our socials or yeah. whatever. Well, I was thinking about intuition as it was connected to instinct as well. And I'm thinking about it recently because, so I'm now um, in rural Maine and I'm right on a lake. And recently I've, I was thinking about instinct because there is a giant snapping turtle that lives next to my house. And we have on this lake, there's a little sandy beach. It's very beautiful. It's a great place to be a snapping turtle and lay a bunch of eggs, which is their season right now. And this fucking snapping turtle crawls past the beach over a badminton grassy field and then lays her eggs in the middle of the road every year <laughs> and every year we have to like shoo this giant snapping turtle away and uh move the eggs now i actually think the snapping turtle 
original snapping turtle died because it got run over by a car laying eggs in the middle of the it's like a gravel road um and i actually think that these are the eggs that we then saved and it's like generation two of the surviving snapping turtles are still doing the same goddamn thing and like i swear if they set up on the beach it'd be half as far there's nothing that would eat them and they would have a delightful, very easy stroll into the lake. But no, they got to go 200 yards, and then they pick a gravel road that's very active with cars. Um, uh, could you move the next set of eggs you find? But they're going to go right back to it and do what their ancestors did, which is lay the eggs in the middle of the road. Yeah, but those turtles were probably around before that road. So whatever, like... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, this, this, it's an old farm. I mean, th that road's probably been there for a couple hundred years. Mm, so it's turtles possible. been around a lot longer than farms. Yeah, but... It's all I'm a, saying. Eh, 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 Man-made lake. It's a man-made lake. Damn it. Yeah. Touche. I win. And them turtles got their instinct wires crossed. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, are we, like, just supporting the wrong instincts, you know? Um but anyway, that's, that's whole, what that I first started thinking. I actually have some real comments on intuition, but um, because it, it plays in, I read tarot, it plays into tarot, but I just thought it was kind of funny in its instinct, instinct versus intuition and what? how your intuition could be very wrong sometimes. You know? <laughs> or, or maybe it's instinct must yeah. go up towards the sun crossing. The sun crossing is the only place. <laughs> but that's uh, also like a, a really interesting point that you can, you can exercise and strengthen the wrong intuition the wrong instinctual like muscles yeah which i wonder if these people they're like i'm cursed i have this bad luck all my life i just i can't listen to my internal dialogue because i'm so unlucky but what they've been doing is just conditioning themselves poorly because yeah. for years they just can like follow the wrong instinct and that's their like covering a memory with myelin so that even if it's a bad memory you just that's your first memory that you think of all the time but it's well, that's actually, that's a very interesting thought in that um, if you ever read about new thought and like the new thought movement, um, if you are interested in new thought, I really like the writer Mitch Horowitz. I really like him. I've sent you both books on his, his first book, which is Occult America. But new thought is kind of like a rephrasing of positive thinking, which was like a, you know, like a how to win friends and influence people like came out of like the early 20th century um 50s, it, 50s yeah and so it was about the idea of like affecting your reality through like positive thinking so that that's a little like uh they they are rebranding a little bit as new thought um and i like it better because the idea isn't like there's some negative connotations to the word positive thinking right like it kind of victim blames a little bit for not thinking positively but it is kind of about re the reinforcement of uh intuition right like positive or negative or and like in manifesting like the um your experience of the world right and yeah, so right 100%. and i i think it's super i think it's super accurate you know like and not to get political or anything but you know who's a big believer in it is like people like donald trump and a lot of people on the far right they're like no 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 you just you just it's like you create your reality through just insisting that it's real right and it kind of like mary's mary's doing the silva silva yeah silva right silva's new thought silva's yeah. new thought yeah she's doing the whole thing she's way into it just kind of like i'm into the monroe stuff can you can you explain the silva 
for a second who that was uh, just real briefly i mean obviously he was a guy was he chilean was he from chile or i think so uh somewhere in south america but he was like a psychologist in the 50s and 60s and he was trying to come up with is, different methods to train his kids to be super intelligent like he's trying to increase is it jose silva is that his full name i'll find out it is it is it is yeah, yeah. but uh he was trying to teach his kids or, or or impress upon them like you know uh skills and knowledge and stuff and he had quiz them and he had this method of doing it and uh what he found out is after a while uh, several months of this training program his kids started answering the questions before he asked them like a random nice. question yeah so all of a sudden he's like wait a minute and then he went back and, and it, it it's all all these guys kind of came out the, this way of thought kind of came out at the same time uh there's several other fifth there's a, a great i can't i'll get it wrong but like i was saying with like monroe silva all these guys kind of came around at the same same mm -hmm, time mm -hmm. uh and then at the philosophy time wise you also had um uh, uh not campbell um your guy, Tim. Who am I? Why am I brain farting on him? Alan Watts. Alan Watts. You have Alan yeah. Watts, like, a, which is totally different. But yeah, Silva uh, launched his thing in the 1960s and yeah. started. He started it in the 40s, but it kind of became commercially available in the 60s. His daughter teaches the program now, I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, who's who's alive? Um, but he was old way back in the day, and there's there's some other. Um, I'll find those guys. But as far as uh, intuition and, uh, you know, I like how you had, had a story. I've been trying to think of like times that intuition worked for me. And yeah. I think it one, if anybody has trouble, like what is intuition? I don't know. What's it, what's a, uh, is it like a conscious thing or something? I yeah. would say the best way to describe intuition is when you can tell somebody staring at you. Like if you're yeah. on a train, you know yep. when somebody's looking at you, you turn around, somebody's looking at you. Yeah, I've mentioned uh, in other episodes, I used to do that on purpose. I would like key in on someone and not look at them, but like focus. Like, not, yeah, like really like, and they will, the only time, it's funny actually. So they always look up and make awkward eye contact and I look away and then they look away. Or I'll okay, do that. Okay. Well, sometimes I look up and if someone's staring at me, they look away. The only time it doesn't work is if they're playing Candy Crush. There's something yeah. mind that, like destroying about candy crush that like you just can't even you're just checked the out your frontal gone. cortex is like yeah off. you could have it's someone like, like pointing like a weapon at you and you wouldn't even notice because you're like crushing that candy i um, i did the intuition well like i could think of a couple times but mo most recently was i was walking i just tilled the uh, front garden, big garden area, yep. and it had rained, or Brad tilled it, or somebody, and it, it had rained. I was like, it might be a good time to look for arrowheads. And I was walked, I was out there for like maybe 20 minutes looking. And it's like, it's a big area. It's like, where do I look? Where do I look? Trying to clear my mind just to visualize, like, what does it look like on top mm -hmm. of the dirt? And I just had this feeling, look to your right. I looked two rows over, there was an arrowhead sitting right on top of the dirt perfect area oh wow minus the very tip of it but yeah i was like holy shit but i was like i wasn't i was just kept walking up and down the, the rows looking at the dirt i was like where is the arrowhead is look right like just like look right and it was over like maybe 10 feet and i saw it just there i was like oh wow there's yeah. the 
uh, Douglas Batchelor from What Magic is this? <clears throat> so he said that if you want to practice to do it with a coin or a quarter and it just sort of, but it's almost like you did that with the arrowhead. I do it with four leaf clovers. If, mm -hmm. I, if I'm feeling too normal, like I'll try to set out and just consciously say four leaf clover, four leaf clover. And of course you're paying attention more for something, but like with the arrowhead, I mean, what the hell? You, you can't just like yeah. accidentally stumble into that because you're thinking about it and noticing it. But the last time I did the, the four leaf clover thing, I found four of them, like on yeah. the way to oh, school. Wow taking the kids to school but it's not like there's a long walk it's two blocks yeah i wish well, mary, mary could do that with money or something or lottery yeah. numbers because she, she she's trying with to four leaf clovers she can do it with she, she's got almost four thousand four leaf clovers yeah, right that's she a, was she's, yeah, well so that's what i i think it's interesting that you bring this because i actually wrote down some thoughts on it and i think you both used kind of maybe use the word will which I think is actually a big part of it. And you're like, well, what does will have to do with intuition? And I think it's actually, I think there actually has a lot to do with it in that like whenever you try to intuit something, it totally doesn't work um, because intuition uh, is, it's not a physical exercise, but an expression of like actual will. It's like, if you try to intuit, it's like it, you've made, it's almost feels like a muscle exercise. Like, I, it's like kind of, we did it with some of our ESP episodes or something. It's like, what, what number am I thinking of? And you're like trying and your body is trying to do it on a physical level and it's not going to work. But if it's some, something that you subconsciously really want and something that you consciously really want, and it's something that you like are willing, like it's like you are manifesting that in your will, it will kind of work out for you. Uh, it's the same with remote viewing and astral projection. Yeah, you can't want to do it, but you also have to want to do it. But it's it's like it's a difference. So I, I the, what what made me start thinking about this is I took a class at a Tai Chi center in Boston once uh, and it was um I forget the it was statistics. A, <laughs> yes, it was it was trig really. It was like an intro to trick. No, um, but so we were. The idea was that it was about moving your body with your mind, which sounds really easy because we do it all the time. But it's actually really hard. So they're like, "Well, we're gonna we're gonna focus on moving the joints of our toes, right? So like, there's fluid in your joints, and you would want to be able to do this so that it, like it will have a healthier joint in your toe." And like your foot in it on a more metaphysical level, like that's you, that's your foot. Those are your toes. You should be able to do this stuff because you are in control of your body, but we don't know how to do it. So it'd be like in the class, we'd take off our socks and shoes and they're like, all right, move just your pinky toe, no other pink, no other toe. And it's really, really hard to do. And then it gets even more complicated because they're like, I want you to express your toe joint move on one toe only on one foot make your joint swell out so that your your toe is pulsating like it's your body you should be able to do that you just have to uh, learn how you to know go. if you're in the hospital and you express a toe joint yeah sorry i'm making up i'm making up words that tim actually knows but you know what i mean like you're trying to expand the muscles around a joint so that that cavity swells you have control over your toe. You should be able to do that. But if you try to do it, it won't work. And there's this like thing where they're like, no, you're trying too hard. You're trying too hard. Stop. Visualize what that does here. Let me show you what that looks like. And they would like take my toe and move it. And they're like, now do it. And if I try to do it, I wouldn't do it. But as, as soon as I stop trying to do it, 
but allowed myself the ability to do it. They're like, oh my God, you're doing it. I looked down and my toes were going, womp, womp, womp. And then as soon as I saw them, they stopped and I couldn't make it do it again because my body was immediately trying to make it happen again. I thought you said that was Qigong, Tai Chi, Qigong. It was a Qigong, but it was at a Tai Chi center. So they teach classes. um, And and the same thing uh, with your arm or something. They're like, now make your wrist expand. Or they're like, hold your arm out and make your hand just extend forward without moving your arm. And it would take like 20 minutes later, it would start doing it, right? It would just be like, like your arm, without touching it, your arm would just do this. Oh, weird. That's awesome. It was real weird, but it had something to do with that idea of will versus like subconscious expression and, and conscious expression. But I think intuition has something to do with that. Um, and it, I think it happens sometimes when I have to read tarot or something, I just check out because I, I don't, if I didn't try to insert myself, it's bad. It's like a bad read. But if I just look at the cards, I can kind of know what they're saying. Like, I'm, I'm usually like, oh, well, this is actually not about work. This is about health. I don't know. What, you know, but if I try to think about it or like diagnose the person or read the person, it totally doesn't work. So I think intuition and effort are like kind of at odds with each other. Some of that body stuff is a little weird, though. Like, I get, I get the physical things and what you're saying, but there's also like with the, the are you saying to physically make your joint bigger? with the fluid no 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 um it's hard to ex- it's hard it's hard to explain He's flexing like, the muscles where they attach to the, the muscle that connects the tip of the toe to the second like tarsal of the toe the front of the toe would be expanding forward like that there's uh because there's like a whole sympathetic parasympathetic nervous system that like you're not going to be able to get some stuff but i i was I mean, it's but, but, but then we would do different body parts too, right? So that we well, would do, it- or you're you're getting your cells to to get all the fluid out of them, or something like yeah, or or like you the the monks in the Himalayas where they were in freezing cold temperatures and they would throw they're naked and they'd throw a wet blanket on them and they would steam. Well, they could raise their body temperature because they could raise it. Like that's the thing is like you're in control of all of yourself on a cellular level but you don't know how to engage that because being in the, how we engage reality kind of doesn't reward cellular focus, I guess. The, uh... It was weird. It was weird, Tim. And it was really creepy in a, in a spooky sort of way because you'd see everyone else, like we pair off. It was actually really awkward. And I had some like 50 year old lady touching my toes <laughs> you know, being like, make your toe do this. Like, and she would like yank on my toe, just one of them. And not just an easy toe, the big toe or the pinky toe, like a middle fucking toe, which I can't even feel on my body when I'm walking. <laughs> and they're like, awesome. like your ring toe. Those middle I toes want... don't do things. They're just along for the ride. Until you see them doing stuff. They're like, I want you to isolate your ring toe. And I want, without moving your, your ring foot. ring toe? If you put whatever toe this toe on, is, Chris, I swear to God, you've reached a different level. Uh, I can't put her totally, totally, totally. totally. I, I, should, I should start. Wearing I was trying to make a already. positive joke earlier with animal paws or whatever. Nice, nice. If you have a ghost, the only way to defeat that is with heart, faith, and steel. In the end, there can be only one paranormal insurance company, Dorfview.com. So, something that I think. 
that my, uh, is sad. So I have another sad story. Sad story. About the same sad story. The maggot cat has oh, passed away. She crossed the you, rainbow you, bridge. You take that out. Yeah, your, yeah new, give her her proper name. Um, Figaro. Figaro slimy scrotes carol and i feel really bad what's crazy we had her for 10 months and nine days she was covered in maggots and septic the whole time the whole time no we took her to the emergency vet thinking it was a mercy kill and a week later and many many dollars later she survived it she came back and she lived with us and she was a lot of work and would howl and she had dementia we were pretty sure mm -hmm, chronic mm -hmm. kidney disease we had to give her sub q fluids all the time but I mean, we loved her and she did not like being touched, but I would pet her <laughs> and touch her anyway. Um, and she would, she'd let Evelyn carry her around because she honestly didn't have the strength to fight back. But I did get attached <laughs> to that cat. And so she got really, really sick and was bonking into the walls. You could tell she had vertigo and was how she was, she was not well. And so uh, we took her to the vet and the vet that, you know, we had the conversation, it was time to put her down. And the whole point of this one, and it made me so sad. I was ready for that cat to die for 10 months and eight days. Huh. And then when she did on 10 months and the ninth day, it was, you were it was sad. terribly sad. It was really sad. And I still miss her. I still see her around my house. Like ghost cat or like crazy. Uh, or just more like ghost cat. Yeah. Ghost cat. Well, it's I'll not like, but see, my shoes kind of look like her curled up too. So Alicia thinks my shoes are always her, but I see her like walking in the kitchen. I look over and she's not there. Oh. Um, but the, the concept of dead weight is a real thing. And so mm -hmm. they, I was holding Figaro and then the vet took her out of the room and injected her with a, a sedative and brought her back. And this cat was gorked. Like she was awake for maybe <laughs> 10 seconds and then she was completely asleep and like snoring a little bit and just completely out, like nothing, like completely flaccid. And then we put her on this comfortable little bed and then they give her the shot and then she passes away. And then I picked her up not 30 seconds later because she went quit the second they put that medicine or she died. But she sweet, was sweet, sweet medicine. <laughs> I mean, she was comfortable. I'm, yeah. I am fully convinced she was but the being flaccid and putting her onto the bed and then they gave her a shot and 30 seconds later picking her up was truly dead weight and flaccid because what you're talking about with the joints being able to extend and yeah. whatever there was some sort of underlying tone to all of her muscles and legs even though yeah. she was completely out of it to when she passed away that was gone and so yeah. it was sort of like a little more ragdoll like and it was it's bizarre it's a bizarre thing to feel and to hold and to experience um but i'm wondering if your your finger being able to extend further would be somehow letting that tone go that's, that's yeah no but that's there. what i mean like we don't understand how to do it but you are in control and can do it it just it's just an abstract mechanization that has to happen right like like maybe it's not point your finger and you know and make it go forward maybe it's a relaxing while you know what i mean like i don't know i don't know how to do it but well when do you ever focus on your feet and your toes or anything exactly I mean, I think about it but it's always like 
Oh, well, we had hurts. a whole totally big conversation yeah. about your toes, Nate. Well, the person who was teaching me how to do it said it, it took, they were training for like a year and they couldn't really do it on command. And then one day they were on the, I was in Boston. So they were on the T, which is the, the train up there. And they were on the T and they're like, oh, wait, I think I got it. And they at will can make their ankles do it where their ankles oh, can expand. And they're awesome. like, and they're like, it's really good for your joints. Cause it like loosens. It's like when you loosen it up, it like adds like lubricant into the joint or something. I don't know. Um, and so uh, they're like, it's very helpful and you'll help you stay limber and stuff. So there's health, but regardless to me, it was fascinating because it was, it was about not trying to do something about relaxing and, and, and somehow I it, connect that to intuition to get back on topic, like of intuition. So here's, here's there. a different side of intuition. Uh, I have, I have two more examples. And the second one I think is more of a conversation. So the first example I have for intuition outside of myself is another cat related. And <laughs> I didn't mean to get stuck on like, sad cat stories. Only like, cats. You all remember <laughs> diesel? Yeah, yeah, Diesel's the best. Okay, so Diesel weighed 24 pounds. He, he was looked, he was orange. He was orange and white. And that was, was his dry weight. Was he was so fat. <laughs> yeah. He was so big. He would just chonk around. His belly would sway real big. He had and two teeth. He had two teeth, and they could bite the living shit out of you. He split <laughs> my upper lip uh, the first day I got him, and the SPCA called to say, this cat just split my lip because he was sleeping on my chest. And I was like, I didn't realize you're such a comfy kitty, like lovable. And I moved, pow! <laughs> right I love it's, Diesel. It looked that like I had a, a, a cleft palate for a while. He liked to be petted and he liked to be in your lap, but he would bite the shit out of you. He was scary. But the thing is, he had seizures, a yeah. lot of seizures. And he took his seizure meds, the phenobarbital, uh, but he would still have them. And he'd his legs would lock straight, and you'd pee like a laser out behind him, and then <laughs> it's so gross. And he'd start. I his, lived with him. Uh, <laughs> these prodromal symptoms he had is he would stalk the house looking for you, and then he would go after you and try to fight you, and then you knew he was about to have a seizure because he was like, yeah, he was off. actually a very loving cat, a very cuddly until he knew he was about to have a seizure, and then he just became possessed by the devil. And here's the fucked up part. Even when he was normal and walking around, no other animal would go near him. Yeah. So I had a St. Bernard satchel. And the second he got near that cat, even as this rambunctious puppy that would just completely annihilate a kitchen cabinet and your leg and run around and he didn't listen to anything, he would pump the brakes and like skid to a stop and see <laughs> that cat and just line <laughs> away from him. This cat um, then, actually got arrested by the police once. So that's a different story. The cat did get arrested. <laughs> Fighting a, a cop. He bit a cop. Oh, it's so good. He, I don't oh. think, don't tell, don't tell the story. Don't tell the story. That's just factual information. And that's just where we're going to leave he it. He assaulted an officer. Ambulances were involved. There were multiple <laughs> cop cars. He was, he was, he was arrested. He was put under house arrest as a cat. It was amazing. It was. That's so awesome. It I was remember, awesome. That I was remember cool. it well. So, mom. How did the other cops let him? that cop not? I mean, that's so embarrassing. Like you, you had to go to the hospital because a cat bit you. Like, but see, the thing is, they called it as like an officer down. Damn, sort of I know. Like and, it was like a. Oh. 
God. It got it got bad enough because that happened at mom's house that like there's so many cop cars and there's an ambulance that Lindsay Barrow's parents saw it and called him to ask what was up. And he got a hold of me and wherever I was and was like, dude, is your mom, was she murdered or something? It's like, no, she's fine. No. It's a cat. Officer down is a cat Officer attack. down. God, I forgot about that. <laughs> anyway, yeah. anyway other animals could story. smell his weirdness and did not care for it. Yeah, because um, he... So that's the animal thing. And the other intuition that I think we can all um, commiserate with is not leaving your foot out of the blanket or hanging over the edge of the bed. Says, says the guy who I used to sleep under you in a bunk bed and you made a point to always hang your arm over my face and it drove me crazy. Maybe after I fell asleep. I don't remember. No, that. you did yeah. it on purpose. But then you stopped. But you won't do it now. But that you were on the top bunk. That's why I was on the bottom bunk. Yeah, you, the monsters would get you. You yeah, were the they wouldn't get you. Me. Yeah. Um, now I wonder if that's like leftover, uh, like evolutionary, stay in the tree sort of instinct. No, it's from watching the movie The Prophecy with Christopher <laughs> Walker. <laughs> Little Tommy Daggett. How I love listening to your sweet prayers every night. And then you jump in your bed, so afraid I was under there. And I was. That's why you're scared of it. You saw that movie too young. I would say the thing to be careful of is mistaking apprehension for intuition. Like yes, so, apprehension absolutely. Well, no, so the way I see it is intuition, intuition is a momentary thing like don't get on that elevator or you don't go take this turn or whatever that's intuition whereas apprehension is a continuous thing that's always pecking it oh i don't want to that could happen i have this terrible feeling terrible feeling something's gonna happen terrible it because that it just keeps going intuition it's only instinctual exactly and apprehension is is you know like a clock is right twice twice a day you know like apprehension is right twice a day too right and so it is it is a really slippery slope because you're like well i was going to get on the airplane and then for whatever reason i just knew i couldn't and i didn't and it crashed it's like oh that's intuition but if you're like every single time you're like i'm not getting on the airplane and it doesn't crash and you just basically are afraid of flying that's that's not intuition well right apprehension i guess can evolve to paranoia and yeah uh, hypochondria and like what you're um, supposed to do is recognize it and the hippie way to do it is you know recognize the apprehension for what it is and then thank yourself or the universe or god or whatever for thank you for showing me a possible bad thing that's going to happen and then continue with your life if you if it's something you obsess on, then it's not going to. It spirals, yeah. That, that actually, that's usually a, a gratitude does tend to offset paranoia. So it's yeah, it's like for whatever. And I don't even mean that as like that sounds really new agey to say, but I think that there's probably some real psychological stuff going on. Like you're basically subverting a chemical response in your brain of like because you don't want to reward apprehension, right? Because that will just. I think our society is so bizarre, like psychologically with gratitude and stuff. We are the richest country ever, forever, you know, super rich. And we are the, we play the victim more than anything else and the least grateful, you know, like it's, it's, it's so weird, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, like, yeah, I guess like defining 
like intuition of we should probably look up a definition of it. Uh, well, see, I I also feel like sometimes successfully following intuition means nothing happened. Following like, your gut. Yeah, like I do it all the time because the hospital's huge and it's. I don't know. It's kind of fun to do anyway. And now I've gotten in the habit where there's so many different hallways and ways and stairs to get anywhere that if I have to go up four flights, then I'll like get on the elevator and I'll hit the button. And like Nate was saying, I'll be like, no, not right now. And then I'll just go up the stairs right next to it, get off a one floor early. If I hit like the feeling to do that and then go to different stairs and go up that way. But they, in my head, I'm like, maybe I didn't run into somebody I didn't feel like talking to right now. Or maybe I didn't. Yeah, you would never know, there. right? You would never know but, if nothing happens, right? Like, like I was going to leave, and then I just paused, and I just got distracted for a second. And I was like, do I really need to go? Oh, I do. And then I get my keys. And if I had left two, two seconds sooner, I would have been in a car wreck. And right. But I didn't. So you would never know. So there's no, like, validation. It's so rare that it's like I didn't get on the plane, and the plane wrecked. Like, that's such a rare scenario ready for the the definition yeah define a way or i'm sorry oxford but it's uh the ability to understand something immediately without the need for conscious reasoning yeah i like that yeah you don't Uh, think about it better than i thought yeah how do i understand no can't do that or yes this is what i need to do or you know whatever so I, I love it. I, lo- I think that's something everybody should follow their gut because if anything, you know, a, a lot of us tend like say, I'm trying to decide if I want, you know, what kind of ice cream I want. You could sit there and debate the whole time. But if you look at it, man, that rum raisin looks good. You know, you'll never try rum raisin. It's always good. good analytical. Nobody eats go rum back. raisin. I don't think I've ever, I can't remember the last time I've ever. I mean, Tim and I work at Baskin Robbins. If you work at an ice cream shop long enough, those shitty flavors become your favorite. And daiquiri ice, daiquiri ice is the worst flavor of Baskin Robbins. It wasn't even an ice cream; it was a type of, um, you know, it wasn't even a sherbet. It was a sorbet. And I ate it, and I was like, "Ugh!" But so we just ate ice cream all day, all the flavors, (laughs) all day. I just ate ice cream. We were teenagers; it didn't matter. And I'd I would I would come into work. I would go get a cup. I'd fill up with daiquiri ice, and I'd just eat it. And they're like, "You like that daiquiri ice?" I was like, "Nah, man." <laughs> no, this tastes <laughs> taste terrible. But I can't get over about how terrible this tastes. It was sour I, without fruit, and out al- there's no alcohol in this. It was just like <laughs> gross green stuff. It's the <laughs> juice. Just, it's the juice. The daiquiri mix without without any without alcohol. Food. Frozen. No fun. Oh my god! Every day I ate it, and like every day I was like, oh, but I can't get over it. Oh man, I had a real point to make too before going yeah, off. It's gone now. It's it's, it's uh, gone the way of the daiquiri flavored ice cream. I know. Uh, what were you saying with the? What was the definition again? I said that at Baskin Robin, if you work at an ice cream shop long enough, that the the worst. No, no. Before that, Nate's favorite. definition: the, the ability oh, no. to understand something without conscious reasoning. Yes, immediately. Yes, the, yes. That, the ability was... to understand something immediately without the need. For oh, it's yeah. Like so the knowing. What it made me think the... about is living in New York City, and there is a couple different times. This was kind of it. Just was like a weird things that's getting a routine and one of the routines for the over a decade i lived there was <clears throat> crazy people slashing random people in the face with knives Whoa, that was a 
that was like suddenly it was just happening a lot like a lot like in like a course of five days there would be six different random face razor blade slashings that were done by different people that didn't know each other that just the crazy people suddenly all got it in their minds and they do it and every single one of them the person who got such it was always random it wasn't like they were targeting anyone it was just like some random person walking just gets a razor blade from the tip of their head to their chin by a crazy person and it's brutal it's horrible and it's really a terrible thing but every single one of them said i knew i should have they knew that they should have done something different and then they ignored that impulse and this is in a city where you pass crazy people every block right so it's not like oh well really they should be avoiding crazy people or people who look like they are living on the street or something that's not it like these people they're just saying like i passed 20 people who are living on the street going to the subway but i knew that one was going to be a problem uh so it's not like a profiling situation and yeah, it's diesel I, the cat situation There's yeah but every single one of them was like i knew it and i was like i'm being crazy and i ignored it and then they just slashed me in the face um so that's really I, interesting it is it's pretty intense right and and again it's not a profiling situation it's like well i should have they should have known better because it was someone who didn't look like me. It, it wasn't like that because it's you're literally, there's just hundreds of people everywhere. They're like new ahead of time. And they're like, no, no, I'm just going to pass them on the left. Can, can I, I think this is a great segue into a story. I want yeah, to go for it. So this is an excerpt. I, I need to get this book because I listened to enough podcasts, bringing it up. It's a new book. Uh, and we'll I'll have to go back to, to tell you about the author's but it's called Skinwalkers at the Pentagon. And it's about some of the, like the weirder stuff that happens, uh, you know, with paranormal. It also talks about hitchhikers, like from UFO sightings and all kinds of weird, weird stuff. But uh, uh, this, this, I don't know how this isn't a bigger deal. I guess it's a big deal to me, (laughs) uh, but no one else. So this is talking about, the author's talking about a dinner that he was at um a long time ago uh and uh, i'll just read the story so it says further down at the table sat Louis elizondo who worked collaboratively collaboratively uh with axelrod and was at the office of the uh, office of the undersecretary of defense for intelligence the usdi elizondo looked very dapper with uh jet black hair and was considered a brilliant special agent an analyst with a lot of uh, expertise on counterintelligence investigations. Little did anyone at the dinner table realize that nine years later, uh, Lou would become a media star in a household name in the global UAP UAP investigations. As he enjoyed his steak tartare, Elizondo regaled those around him with some war stories, including one hair-raising exploit about how his advanced intuition in remote viewing capabilities had saved his life and the life of his men while on a covert combat mis- mission in war torn yeah. Afghanistan. Lou was what uh one of that rare bleed and ast- rare breed and astute detail-oriented analyst with an open mind. After that dinner meeting and the briefing that fo- the following day, he kept in close touch with uh Jonathan Axelrod as the project progressed. So I haven't read the book, so I'm taking that a little bit out of context. Yeah. 
so follow up to that book came out, you know, he was, uh, uh, if anything, Elizondo's on all these uh, podcasts and stuff. And somebody asked him about that, like, where'd you get that training when in, in, in when you were in U.S. intelligence and stuff? And he was like, yeah, Monroe Institute. So we should also clarify that Nate is going to spend a week at the Monroe Institute next week, and our next yeah. episode will definitely be a follow up on things. Yeah, we'll see. Well, it's going to be all so. Monroe Institute. Yeah, I, I, I still. Like it's it's getting more popular. I think this kind of stuff is coming around. Like I think they were, they don't really advertise, you know. But I'm seeing a lot of their stuff. I like a place better. that doesn't advertise. That means they don't What's need the to. It's getting big enough that when the like Westboro Baptist Church people are, are protesting things about why you're going to hell, astral projection is listed on there. So no way, yeah, awesome. it's coming oh. up. Oh, nice. <laughs> I don't get that as much where I am, but I can see that those guys. That's awesome. Yeah, but uh, but anyway, like so, the, the head of the the guy that helped get the the UAPs or the UFOs and the mainstream and the New York times and all of that stuff, but he's leading the kind of charge and disclosure. Uh, yeah, he was, I mean, he was a spook, I guess, or intelligence guy, but yeah, he went through the Monroe Institute stuff, uh, yeah, which is that's pretty awesome. awesome. And he used like that, uh, like tuning into intuition, uh, and remote viewing to like get himself out of, uh, trouble combat, combat like combat situations, which is awesome. Yeah. Which explains also why you know the army had so many officers run through that uh, in the seventies and eighties. I don't know why they wouldn't. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, but that means like also here's the even bigger deal, right? Project Stargate closed down in nineteen ninety five, and then we didn't hear anything else about that the uh, psychic stuff, right? This yeah. means it's still been going on, and I, I hope cannot. So. I well, no, we just said it. Yeah, no, yeah, that's true. Because that's like, where you and that it. wasn't yeah. that wasn't Elizondo keeps it. He has never brought it up, ever, because I think he's trying to like limit how weird people think every you know one thing at a time. You yeah, know, and a they, couple other things that he said in the past that were cool. So he's like, it's uh, not a good thinking, media move. Yeah, how do how do could I see a UFO if I go out there? And he he said something like, "Well, it depends on your state of mind." like he's said some stuff like that but but what's great is like as an intelligence officer he ran through as like as an active intelligence officer part of his training was still going through that which is Mm -hmm. incredibly impressive you know that that, super cool that that kind of thing still going on in the government and it didn't end in uh um the the early mid-90s so cool yeah, no that that was that really got me excited and uh, talked about um, intuition a little bit. Um, we should probably wrap it up. I gotta go. Kind of. Soon. I have a so, good have you... Riddler. Yeah. Oh yeah. Name one time intuition has helped you, or that you were validated by listening to your intuition yeah not not like uh i'm pretty sure like you know right you gotta know yeah and just uh in case you forget it's it's the knowing it's it's not it it's knowing something without making a conscious uh wait what i say did i already forget it because the, <laughs> the ability the ability like the ability to understand something immediately without the need for conscious reasoning yeah 
So when did that happen to you? And what was the outcome? Good or bad? Yeah. Or maybe you don't know. Email us at wizard at dorfview.com. Tweet us at AAO podcast or, you know. Check us out on Instagram. Want Coming soon. soon. Anyway, I think we have some content. But I, I want to do Monroe Institute. Um, well, we'll, we'll see. You might not want to. I don't know. No, but even if it sucks, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah I'm excited about that one. I really like, uh, I've read a couple of the reviews so everything says it's Hogwarts, so. 